0: Hello, uh, this is Joshua Mack from Cornerstone Bible Church, and we are talking marriage and family. It's been uh, fun moving back to the United States and sort of reentering American culture after having uh, lived in a different culture for so many years. It's taken me a little while. There are things I noticed right away uh, that I hadn't noticed before, and yet there are other features or facets or aspects of American culture that it's uh, taken a, a, a little while to figure out what exactly is different, what exactly is going on. Lately, I've been talking with Marta a little bit about three features of American culture. You can see if you think I'm right or maybe you think I'm wrong. But one thing I've noticed for sure is that as Americans, we have a lot of uh, uh, opinions, and we're we're willing to share them um, when it comes to certain things. So we're not uh, always as willing to share our opinion or our insight into actual uh, biblical principles <laughs> about biblical principles with other people. Then we're we're kind of slow, but we are certainly uh, pretty quick to share our opinions about preferences or, or things that we, uh, we think are important, like uh, you, you know, uh, how to paint a wall or uh, where a, a certain chair should go, I, I, I don't know, certain things that really in the long run don't actually matter, but we, we, we have a lot of opinions and we're willing to talk about them. Another uh, feature of American culture is that we, uh, it seems like we like to fix things and uh, we like to fix them quickly. So when we uh, see a problem, a um, uh, broken window, uh, you know, tr- trash on the floor, uh, what, uh, whatever it is, we, uh, we don't just overlook it usually, we, we're, we're trying to come up with a solution. And we're quick to put that solution into uh, effect. And that's not really true everywhere, actually. So we, uh, we have a lot of opinions. We like to fix things. And uh, I think maybe a third feature is that, and this is kind of obvious, we have high expectations uh, about the way things should be. And so uh, if something is uh, difficult or something is hard, we almost automatically think of it as a problem. So if I say to you, for example, that person is thriving, my guess is you would think of someone who is just happy and uh, their life is easy, and yet... uh, obviously that's not necessarily a a biblical definition of of thriving if we read this the psalms there's lots of ups and downs and james talks about counting trials a reason for for joy and so uh we have these like, kind of three features of american culture we have opinions we like to to fix things and uh we're not we have high expectations and if something's hard it's, it seems like it's automatically wrong. And uh, those, those features of American culture actually are helpful in some ways. Uh, it, it helps us, especially when it comes to fixing physical kinds of problems. Uh, we, we can talk about what is going wrong with the air conditioner or uh, the way that a nursery should be. We uh, don't just kind of let a problem be a problem for a, a long time. And uh, there's nothing in the Bible that says being comfortable is wrong. And yet, while those different instincts almost can be helpful in some ways, uh, they also can create some real problems when it comes to relationships. Um, Because relationships, um, well, they take time. Uh, People obviously aren't car engines. And uh, sometimes trying to, to fix things quickly and not allow things to be hard really isn't the best uh, solution and is actually being impatient. If we're going to have marriages or relationships that honor God, we have to learn to be patient. With one another. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, tells us that patience is something that we're going to have to put on. Paul writes, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against one another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you so you also must forgive one another in the world of course uh patience doesn't make much sense we only have so much time on this earth then the unbeliever thinks we go into the ground and that's it so what matters in every moment pretty much most is that i be as comfortable as possible but that's not our world view as as christians at all we believe in the resurrection of the dead and so this little life that we have right now is is only a small part of the life god has planned for us and because we believe that one of the characteristics that should be true of us that would be remarkably different than the way people in the world are towards one another is that we should be willing to put up with a lot. We should be incredibly patient. Patience is important biblically, if you think about it. It's a fruit of the Spirit, Galatians chapter 5. When uh, Paul talks about living a life that is worthy of the gospel in Ephesians chapter 4, what does he think about? Living on some island in a tin shack, uh, learning a new language, and... uh, Suffering in that way, well, that certainly could be a life that's worthy of the Lord, definitely. But that's not what Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. He talks about being patient, being patient with people. One of the reasons the Bible emphasizes uh, the importance of patience is because of the danger of being impatient. When you are in a rush to uh, fix things or you're not able to put up with someone someone doing things that are are not what you like them to do for a, a long time, it discourages people. It weakens them. It creates a context in which people are afraid. It makes conflicts worse. It causes people to want to give up and not continue to do the right thing. Patience is important biblically. Patience is important practically. What is it, though? What are we talking about when we talk about being patient? The Hebrew word for for patience is kind of a a funny word, or at least one of the Hebrew words means to be long of nose. (laughs) So I I guess the picture is, you know, someone, when they get angry, almost snorting. And this is a person it takes a lot to make them snort. Uh, Another word for uh, patience, though, uh, that... that you find in the Old Testament is uh, a word that they would use to describe labor, it, to bring forth through labor. And that's, for some of us, what it feels like, actually, to be <laughs> to be patient. It feels like labor. It's, it's hard to be patient. And yet, just because it's hard to be patient with other people doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. It doesn't mean that you're in a, a bad situation Situation actually, life is hard just in general, um, and yet the Christian life is hard. When Jesus says, "If anyone wants to follow me, pick up his cross." He has to pick up his cross and uh, say no to himself. He's kind of telling us what our expectations should be. A lot of the Christian life is hard. Now there's a resurrection, and not just a a physical resurrection either. So often when we die to self. God stuffs that dying to self with joy and all kinds of good fruit. But we have to be willing to die to self, especially if we're going to be uh, patient, because patience is difficult. It requires suffering for a long time. That's actually even one of the Greek words for patience. What it means is to be long-suffering. One dictionary defines it as a patient enduring of the faults and even provocations of others without retaliating we might even add to that it's not just putting up with what others have uh, done it is uh, it is loving them as maybe they're even hurting you i think of a uh, a lifeguard who's trying to save a drowning person and the drowning person you know that they say they sometimes freak out and they're kicking and they're biting but that lifeguard is uh he, he may have to do some hard things sometimes uh to the to get the person to stop hitting him, but he is holding on and he is swimming and he's not giving up. It's like there's a a, a patience. He he's gonna keep going, even if he's getting hurt, because he knows the importance of this and he wants to get that person to shore. If we're gonna be patient, we have to of course, think about what it looks like to be patient, and maybe we can start with thinking about what it looks like to be impatient. What does it mean to be an impatient person when it comes to your relationships with people? Obviously, one thing uh, it would mean is you get angry quickly. You are offended easily. If you're, a, let me little insight. If you're a person who is offended easily, guess what? The problem's not with everybody else. The problem is with you. What does it mean to get offended? Why are you getting offended? One of the issues that we have nowadays is we are so so strong about our our personal comfort and our personal preferences and so weak about biblical principles. And so often when people talk about what they're, upset about or what they're concerned about, you'll hear a lot of I, 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 and not a lot of uh, this is what the Bible says, this is what the Bible says, um, unless they're using it to rationalize and excuse themselves. And um, that's, that's, that's at the root of so much impatience, actually. When you're impatient, you get angry easily, you're quick to be offended, you're obviously um, not willing to wait. You're, you're not willing to suffer long. You're not uh, willing to let people learn and grow. Uh, you often overstate things and um, you don't see that uh, the own, your own faults and the ways that you have, uh, have brought things to the table that have made issues more difficult. When you're impatient, there's usually a lot of self-defense and self-vindication for, for being impatient. When you are impatient, usually what you try to do is uh, force, uh, you got this desire, and it's okay to have a desire, but that desire becomes like a lust, and uh, you just got to get it scratched, you know, you just got to get it, it's it's in your mind, it's constantly going, and you're not going to be at rest until you, you deal with that, and so uh, you, sometimes when you're impatient, you that try to force other people to do what you want and to give you what you want, either through your words or through some sort of physical, even James is concerned about physical attacks, but that's impatience. And that, uh, is, uh, is dangerous. It's like, uh, sometimes in our relationships with people, we're like a, uh, a farmer who sows a seed and like the next day he goes out there and, uh, it hasn't grown. And so he's like, you know what, I'm done farming, this doesn't work. No, uh, obviously, he's going to miss out on a lot of of joy, because he's not willing to wait. And so if we're going to have strong relationships in our homes, we need to learn uh, to be patient. And uh, if we're going to learn to be patient, we have to think a little bit about what does that look like in real life? Obviously, it involves putting off certain habits and, and tendencies, but it also involves uh, putting on certain things. One thing that patience involves putting on definitely is self-control. So what does patience look like? It looks like a person who doesn't just open his mouth and say whatever's on his heart. Uh, he, he, he actually, uh, his, his, his wisdom teaches him what to say or not to say in particular moments. And he's willing not to say things, even though it, he thinks it feels like saying that might bring him pleasure in that moment. And that requires self-control. It, patience is a kind heartedness. It's a wanting other people to thrive. It's a willingness to, to put up with a lot. It's gentleness. It's, it's dealing with an irritable spirit. And seeing that as sin, it's uh, controlling harsh words. It's not just ignoring uh, problems. And it's not, definitely not just avoiding. But it's a, a willingness to get in there and uh, go as long and as far as you can go. Even, you know, sometimes with people, you're just looking for a little glimmer of of repentance, and you see that little glimmer of repentance, and you just you're you're going to keep keep on going. Now, if you're going to be patient, you need to certainly not just uh, say, "Hey, I'm going to try to be patient." It, you need a commitment, but that commitment starts with like understanding why why is it so important that I be patient and and uh, really. That flows out of faith. So if I'm going to grow in patience, I need to exercise my faith. And uh, in what way? Well, I can begin with remembering just how patient God is with a world of people who are doing the exact opposite of his revealed will. Uh, Jesus tells us that the way we forgive others who sin against us is the way we want God to forgive us. And so when... Someone has sinned against me. I need to stop and remember I'm never going to have to forgive anyone more than God has forgiven me. Jesus, who reveals God, uh, was incredibly patient with uh, people who often did very irritating things. I I think about how he would often want to get alone and uh, just pray, and yet crowds would follow him without even thinking, you know what, we're probably going to need something to eat. And so they would come out to be with him when he wanted to be alone, and yet he was responsible. He felt resp- responsibility for them because they didn't have any food. And uh, the Bible tells us he actually felt compassion. Jesus uh, tells his disciples that they should be willing to forgive a person the same offense uh, in the same day an endless amount. Uh, Jesus A shocking verse. Uh, Why am I patient? What do I need to remember to be patient? A shocking verse. Romans chapter 15, verse 2. It says, Even Jesus did not please himself. For Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. Uh, I could grieve the Holy Spirit by not being patient. God obviously listens to me repeat myself over and over and over and God puts up with my failures and sins and and forgives me. I take God for granted all the time and complain, and he's still for me. God knows a million different ways I can do something better, and yet he's still willing to use me. If I'm going to become more patient, and we do need to become more patient with people, we need to be patient, 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 patient people. If we're going to become more patient, we need to exercise our faith and... Uh, take these things that we say we believe to be true and apply them into the nitty-gritty issues of our life. But we can even continue like, to get a little more practical. How in everyday life do you develop more patience? Uh, one big step to developing uh, more patience is honestly getting your expectations straight. I remember when uh, we lived in Africa, we used to go to uh, something called home affairs, and we'd have to deal with our uh, visa there and other issues related to living in a foreign country. And man, uh, the first few times I went there, I expected to be able to get the job done in an hour or two. And what I learned was that it would take all day, and even at the end of the day, you uh, you wouldn't get done what you wanted to get done, and you'd have to come back. And so the first few times I had to go to home affairs, that just drove me crazy. But then actually one of the things that I had to do was change my expectations and recognize that, no, you know what, this is going to take a couple times. And so I'm just going to need to expect that and enjoy the process. And just changing my expectations changed my attitude. And one of the reasons that we struggle with being patient is because we have a lot of the wrong expectations in terms of our uh, relationships with other people. And uh, sometimes, you know, we're wrong at a fundamental level. And I think one of the ways that uh, we're wrong most often is that, and it creates a kind of impatience is that we really, as we look at life, it's almost like we, we think we're the hero of this, of the story. And so, you know, the main character in a movie, things are supposed to go his way, right? He might have little difficulties, but in the end, it, the, the camera's on him. And uh, I think we sometimes go through life sort of assuming that life really uh, is primarily about us and uh, the people that exist in our lives are, all, are, are sort of almost, you know, uh, supporting cast. And uh, because we have that expectation when they act like they're the main character, that's obviously kind of frustrating to us and uh, creates problems. And um, there are lots of reasons it creates problems when we act like we're the hero of the story. uh, But one of the reasons it creates problems is just because it's not true. Like, it's not even, it's obviously not true. We're going to we're going to die and the world's going to go on. We are we're definitely not the hero of the story. And uh it's definitely biblically not true. And yet still we we try to to live as if we were the hero of the story and it it blows everything up. And so one of the steps that you're going to have to take if you're going to become a more patient person is changing your expectations and realizing as you look at your life that you are not actually the hero of this story. Um, God is. You can uh, imagine if you uh, were an actor and you went to uh, film a movie and uh, you were thinking you were supposed to be the main character when actually all you were was supporting cast and you were trying to live in that movie, act in that movie, as if you were the main character. Obviously, it's going to be weird and uh, you're going to feel pressure that you don't need to feel. And so can I just free you up here? You are not the main character in this story. You're not the point. You're not the savior. So don't try to be. Instead, you're an instrument in God's hands that he is using to point people to him. And so recognizing that he is the hero of the story and that he is in control and that he ultimately is the savior Should, if if you really, and that your job is to glorify him, should really enable you to be patient, to be specifically patient with people. I, I think of the Apostle Paul as an example of that when he was in jail in Philippians. Uh, in the book of Philippians, he that's terrible. He could, If he thought he was the hero of the story, he would be so impatient, like, get me out of here, get me out of here. I gotta go say, be the one who writes, does all these kinds of things. And yet Paul is rejoicing. Why is he rejoicing? Because he knows God's the hero of the story. God's put him in this situation. He's supporting cast, and his job is to glorify God while he's in jail. Uh, Paul uh, was patient because... He, he knew what life was about. It, realizing that he wasn't the hero of the story, that it was about Christ enabled him to respond to uh, people who attacked him differently. When uh, in Philippians, for example, people were attacking him and uh, yet were preaching the gospel, Paul was like, you know what? It's not about me. So I can be patient with that. I don't have to fix that. Uh, it's about God's glory and they're, it, they're somehow able to glorify God in this. In Galatians, however, opposite. You know, those guys are attacking the gospel. And so Paul's like, I can't just sit back in this moment because it's its not about me. It's about Christ and it's about his glory. Uh, Paul, because it's about Christ and his glory, he was actively pursuing unity with people. I think of Philippians chapter two, consider others' interests above your own. And so recognizing that is about Christ and His glory, it helps me be patient because I'm like, you know, this moment now, what do I want most? It's not just to get what I want in this situation, it's what does the other person want? What's good for the other person? Funny, uh, lately, I've, I, I struggle, actually, just to be practical, I struggle being patient at, at red lights. So every time uh, there's a red light, I almost think, take it as like a personal affront and sometimes (laughs) I can actually almost groan like when I see the light turning red oh and it almost feels automatic and just tapping my foot with impatience and so uh, that's obviously because I think of myself as the hero of the story and that you know when I start to drive every light should automatically turn green and one of the ways I've been trying to work on that is remembering I'm not the hero of the story and I should want other people's good even more than I want my comfort. And so specifically, I've been trying to thank God when I get a red light for those who have green lights and uh, the fact that they're able to go. And I, I know it kind of seems silly, but at the same time, it's actually not because what I'm trying to do is live in a way that is in touch with reality And uh, being patient, being patient certainly doesn't make sense for a person who's an unbeliever. And that's because an unbeliever isn't in touch with reality. An unbeliever thinks this world is all there is and is living like it. And they're wrong. Because what is real is that this world is not all there is. And things are not random. And God is at work in all the situations of life to bring himself glory. There's nothing outside of his control. He's always seeking my good. And this life goes on a lot longer than uh, just the next 70, 80 years. And so if I'm going to live in a way that matches up with reality, uh, I'm gonna need to learn to be a person who is patient. And not just sort of generically patient, but uh, patient in the specifics of life. And uh, certainly not just at red lights, (laughs) but in my home, even more so. And in our homes, and in our marriages, and in our relationships with our children, one of the ways that we can make the gospel look beautiful is by learning to be patient. We like to fix things. We have lots of opinions. We uh, want to get things right quickly. That can be good. That can be good. That can be good. Uh, It's not good when we're doing that because we're not trusting God, because we're afraid, because we're, we're just refusing to be uncomfortable, and because we're impatient.